Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. It's good to be back. Glad to be here. Right? A new month. December's here. I cannot believe that, actually. Right? Feels like this whole year has zoomed. Faster and faster every year. Every year. Like, what am I doing with my time? (laughs) I'm reading books. Reading books. That's what we're doing. Um, Our fun fact. I have a fun fact for us. So our author this month is T.J. Clune for the book Under the Whispering Door. Um, so T.J. Clune is Travis John Clune, born May 20th, 18, not 1892. Wow! Dyslexic, a little. <laughs> 1982. Woo! Get him back on this century. Um, is an American author of fantasy and romantic fiction featuring gay and LGBTQ plus characters. His fantasy novel, The House in the Cerulean Sea, is a New York Times bestseller and winner of the 2021 Mythopoeic Fantasy Award for Adult Literature. Mythopoeic meaning those who write about myths. Okay. I had to look that up. I wasn't sure what that was. Um, The creations of myths. Okay. Clune has spoken about how his asexuality influences his writing. His novel, Into This River, I Drown, won the Lambda Literary Award for for Best Gay Romance in 2014. Clune was born in Roseburg, Oregon. He was eight years old when he first began to write fiction. His young work in poetry and short stories were the first to be published. Clune's writing influences include Stephen King, Wilson Rowles, Patricia Nell Warren, Robert McCayman, and Terry Pratchett. Clune has been open about his lived experiences with asexuality, queerness, and neurodiversity, and how they influence his writing. The historical absence of these communities in fiction has motivated choices in Clune's character development. In 2013, Clune proposed to author Eric Arvin at the Gay Rom Lit Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. The two had the two had met for the first time in person one year earlier at the 2012 Gay Rom Lit Conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Arvin endured many years of health struggles and passed away on December 12th, 2016. That's awful. That is so sad. I was so excited for them and then oh, stabbed yeah. to the heart. Anyway, so a Very new author for us, different. Um, writing from his experiences and his lack of representation has added to what he writes about in the characters he puts in, in his books, which I think representation is important. So very cool. I did not know that about him. I didn't know that about him. I did not read, um, the house in the cerulean sea. Yes, I did. You did. Um, so I didn't know any of that in there, but, and there is, there is that, it's not like the overriding um, theme of the story. They're just like characters in the story as if they would be in real world. Yes, All like it was just kind characters. of like an underlying piece of their being. Character like, building was there. Yeah, it was not like this is a story about this one character's sexuality. Right. It wasn't that. It, no. It wasn't that. Awesome. Yeah, so I like that part to me. It was very well done, I would say, awesome. in the in that Great. Book. Well, I'm excited to read this book. Um, I'm excited to finish up the year. Can't believe that we're here. A full year in. So crazy. Yeah. Just a reminder, 
Yes. Be checking out our Instagram so that you can place your votes on our top book. Yes, that will be the place to vote. 2021. Is you'll find it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, get this book read so that you can vote for your book of the year. Right. We need our favorite book of the year. I'm so excited about this. I know. Me too. I can't wait to see what other people like. Me too. Start voting. So, yeah. Read, vote. We'd love to hear from you. Love it. Until then, Sarah, what's on your shelf this week? Yes. I got a few things on my shelf this week. That's it is good. busy time of year <clears throat> with yes. Thanksgiving and vacations. We thought we've been traveling. Anyway, you're going to be traveling. We're going to be both of us are heading off. Right? It's fun. Fun times. But I do have a couple of books. The first one I want to talk yeah. about is called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. Awesome. It just sounds awesome. I have it? not read it, but I've heard. <laughs> yes. No. Great I, things. I was um, recommended this book um, after expressing feelings about my stress. <laughs> anyway, and so I did read it. And I normally wouldn't necessarily talk about these kinds of books, but um, I just really like this book. It's specifically for women mm-hmm. and the loads that we carry. It's just very complicated and multifaceted, and there's just a lot going on in our lives as women. And then there's also certain expectations for women that are different for men. And it's just the way it is. Right. You know, it and is. I, and we have made a t- whole bunch of progress as to where women are in society. So it's not downplaying the progress that we've made, uh-huh. but there's just these underlying like ideas about what we should be able to accomplish that we as women have about ourselves. ourselves. Yes, they're these yes. unsaid rules, whether they came from society or our own beliefs or societal generations on our own beliefs. Yes. Doesn't matter, they're there. Yes. And that's heavy. Right? And they put blame on like, you know, hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, like biblical time, the patriarchy. Uh, and that's kind of how they say it. Like, ugh. Yeah. you know, just so funny. But that's funny. But they really do have some really great tips. They It talks a lot about completing the stress cycle, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah. I learned all kinds of new things about what our bodies do with our stress and mm. how that affects all the other things. Yeah. I've read some books about that, like how our body holds on to stress and then how it manifests. Yes. Crazy what our body does. We think we're outsmarting it. No. No. You're actually like counterproductive. Absolutely. Right? Right. And I am notorious for being like, whoa, 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 body. Like, slow down. Like, you're being weird. You feel weird. I, I don't need to. Yeah. They're acting crazy. This is okay. Or, you can yeah, deal with this. Just calm down. Put a smile on. Right. Whatever. Um, and it was so interesting to learn, like, no, there's a there's a way that your body needs to process and get from start to finish of your stress. Like, once you've ended stress, what needs to happen to release it out of your body? And all of those kinds of things. It was so yeah. good for me. So I highly recommend it. I gave it four stars. There's lots more than just the stress cycle. They taught they go into all different kinds of things. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was super interesting. And if you can take one good thing that helps you like be happier and manage all the things that we as women do, I think that it's worthwhile. So it's such a good 
way to put it when we take on these self-help books. Take one thing. Yeah. You don't have to take the whole thing and that just piles on. Take one thing and try it. Totally. And I've I've totally implemented. And it was so funny because she's like, obviously, I just have to put this out there because this is so me. But she was like, obviously, that's why they say exercise is so good for your body because it allows the release of all of these um, stress hormones and things that have been pent up in your body. And it helps. It allows gives it a source of release. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, but I've, I've had someone come up to me and say. When after I've done seminars and things say like, I will not exercise. Like I hate exercise. And I'm like, I don't hate exercise, but I don't have time for exercise. And if I have time, it's not what I want to do. Right. I just don't enjoy it. And so it was so great to hear her say, there are other ways. To release this. Everybody, because it's a go-to easy answer. Well, you yeah. should be exercising. You should get on a bike every day or walk every day or run or whatever it is that you choose to do. And it was like, no, you actually don't have to, to still release the stress and she gives lots and lots of ideas on Mm, different ways ways to release that that might be best for you because we're all different we're all different there's not going to be one answer that's the same right and i just love that it was like okay like i can figure out what's right for me and implement that for 10 minutes each day and feel like lighter and i will say i've been doing it and i feel great I I can feel a difference. I will say that. I can feel a difference. It's super good for me. I've needed it. Good job. Anyway, that's my first one. Great rec. Um, Okay. My first one is The Gifted School by Bruce Halsinger. And this is an, I believe, yes, this was one of the armchair traveler books. This is for Colorado. Ooh. I actually remembered the placement of this. I'm impressed. Colorado. It takes place in Colorado. It actually is in a fictional town in Colorado. Um, but it's a, a town where there is, it's a pretty well-off community and very high achieving families. Okay. And a new school is going in that's a gifted school. And it follows four families and how the word of this gifted school and the necessity to get their kids into the gifted school and whether you were accepted or not or what the ways they're, you know, they don't just want it to go to, you can't just be smart, but you have to, you know, they're looking at service or other attributes like that well you might rounded. have. Well, yeah, all these different things. And um, the book just kind of, it shows these four families who are anchors of the community. These kids have grown up and lived in here since they were young. And what this competition does to not only the community, but amongst their own families with husband and wife, siblings, step families, and how it is just ripping them all apart. Oh. This, this strive for what they think is better when really it's what's tearing everything apart. Oh. Everything. So all the different, it, the dynamic ways in which a community can, can fall apart instead of being pulled good. together. Yeah, yeah. you think putting a new school in is going to, you know, this is great for your community, a lot of opportunity, but that's not, hmm. you know, what what happens here. And, Interesting. And it kind of, you know, it, the different families all have different backgrounds, and they've come from different places. And so, they're, the reasons they need or want their kids in these schools are different and um, unique and... Yeah, it kind of it kind of just shows it all. Okay, so it's what did you It's actually really give good. It? I gave it 3 stars. I really liked it. I thought it was a 
um, believable scenario of what happens when you have to get in. You know, this is a public gifted school, kind of like you have to be accepted, but it's not a private school you have to pay for. Okay. And so it's kind of like a charter school where your kid gets in. And so it almost feels elite because not everyone can just enroll. It's a lottery. But at the same time, it's a public school like every other school. So you're not happy to pay. So you don't have to pay, but you're getting in most cases, some cases, not all cases, because all charters are run different, but a more uh, unique to your learning style education is is the goal of it. Um, is that really what you're getting? Is that really? So this just hits all those things. Like That is so when, interesting. When you have choices of schooling in your communities, which we're finding more and more now. Yes, we are. What does that do to our communities and the friendships amongst us and who goes where? And is there a rank system based off of that? Interesting oh, thoughts. I would say where we live, mm-hmm. there are lots of school choices so many, here. So many. Yeah. Like we have three just public elementary schools that are all in the same district, very close, like very, very close yes. that you could go to any of them and not uh-huh. ha- like it would feel like your local. It school. would feel like your local school. Absolutely. And we also have two charter schools within uh-huh. those same, that same that circle same boundary. And, and there's kids like even in our neighborhood that go to all the Five schools, different schools. Yeah, yeah. All the schools. So, it's a thing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they're established. And so, like, usually people have found where they like, and that's where yeah. they go, and they send all their kids there. And I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of, like, jockeying anymore, mm-hmm. because it's so established. Right. But when I very first moved in, I will say, like, I had neighbors going, like, you need to go here. I think it was more so that they yeah. had, we had carpools. Yeah, that was helpful. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. a lot of it, like, oh, you know, you need your, why wouldn't you this go is, to this yeah. school? This school is a great school. Have you ever and thought about like, this? Or this school has this program? Or in the boundary for. Yeah. Like, I'm like, we're going to our My kids are local walk school. To school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's, that's how I felt about that's it. That's how I feel about it, too. But interesting. It's very interesting. That's why I feel like when you say it's very plausible, I'm like, yeah, I can yes, see how that would happen. Right. Yeah, we ha- there's so much choice now. Yeah. And you, you have to do, you have to remember, you're doing what's best for your learner. Yes. And that this is not, you know, right. I got into the school, I got into and that. Every kid is different. No, so maybe different. in that way, it's good, right? Yeah. To have some choices. Yeah. But Absolutely. If you're making the right choice for the right for kid. For the right reasons. Yeah. And the, yes. For each kid. Absolutely. So, so interesting. I'll have to was check a that good one read. out. Yep. I liked it. Cool. My next book is Once There Were Wolves by Charlotte McConaughey. So this one I've been. Looking forward to reading mm-hmm. for some time. It is up for like book reads 2021, one of their categories. I don't one know which one. Their People's um, Choice Awards. Okay. So, like, one of their really top awards. Mm-hmm. It has 15,000 ratings and holds a 4.25 rating. Like, that's that's an excellent rating. So excellent. Um, th- A little bit of background about the book is that it's about it's about these two sisters that are twins Mm -hmm. and they have a special bond as twins usually do in books and they grow up with a dad who is like a mountain man like lives off the land lives in like a cabin in the woods and he hunts his food and grows his food he will not buy because he's trying to minimize his carbon footprint and feels like this is how everyone should be living should be right there. like right and then their mom is a police officer detective hmm. 
in the city, obviously divorced, and they hop back and forth between these two parents. And so they're getting, like, their mom doesn't trust anyone. Like, everyone is going to hurt you. Everyone is bad. Everyone does bad things. You can't trust anyone. And then their dad, who is like, you know, goodness and kindness. And when you when you kill an animal, you thank the animal for its for giving Namaste. itself to you. Yeah. Yes, like all those things. Like just like very different parents. And yeah. How did that ever come together? Right? And and I have no idea. Like they don't really go, it doesn't into, go into that. that story. No, it doesn't go okay. into that. Um, but it's just really interesting. And and it's just their lives as they grow up and um, try to have their own lives, but they're just so very connected and they can't leave each other. So one is very academic and she wants to become like, uh, she, she loves wolves. So she goes to school to learn about wolves and take care of wolves and treat them in the wild and help their numbers grow because they are, um, lost my train of thought. Oh, because they are, you know, becoming extinct in certain areas or they've been Mm -hmm. run out of certain areas and they try to bring them back and do all these things. And so she's on that kind of a trip in like Ireland and they're trying to reintroduce wolves into this community and the community doesn't want them. And the sister goes with her. And so they're there doing this. And it's, and it's that experience of her trying to, who she just loves the wolves and has such a love for the wolves and wants them to thrive um and uh, and has a harder time like understanding why the community won't allow for this yeah and envelop them and love them and be grateful to have them back because it's in an ecosystem you need all the things right and so Mm -hmm. she's just wants them to see the whole picture and they're only seeing like the death of their livestock or you know things that might come right from a wolf which is big if you're living off of your livestock that's your assets yeah So so it's very interesting and there's um you know, there's a there's a death, and is it the wolf? Was it someone who killed this person? And so it becomes like kind of a um, mystery as they're trying to solve this mystery and figure out why this has happened and who did it. Mm-hmm. And, and this woman wants to protect the wolf. She's sure it's not a wolf, so she's sure it was a human. And the humans are like, or someone from the village, and the villagers are like, no way. These wolves, we've never had a problem before, and now here and we now are. We it was problem. the wolf. So it's very interesting, and it, and it becomes this battle. It's, and you, as the story goes on, you learn more about their past, her and her sister's past, and it's all kind of intertwined. And then as she gets to know the villagers a little bit more, it's, it's an interesting story. You learn a lot about the wild. There's obviously a lot that, that the author talks about con- conservation and... Um, the importance of all wildlife and things in the wild. Like we're, ru- you know, people are yeah. kind of ruining it. You get that feeling. And there was a lot to learn. And it was good for me to like take a check on myself. Like how do I treat the world and my environment? And I thought that was good. But it was a hard story for me, I have to say. I I didn't love it. There, It's kind of go- there's some gory parts. Okay. And a little bit of like just kind of gross there's some relationships that are mm. like i just did not love I did not love that yeah just really bad relationships and anyway it was super hard for me to summit i gave it two stars i didn't like it like i it was one of those where i was like oh i need to go listen to my book 
Okay. I didn't look forward to it. I didn't. Dreading actually turning it on. Yeah. And I kind of dredged and dredged and dredged. So there's obviously I am the minority here. Well, I started the book. Okay. I got about an hour, hour and a half into it and turned it off and returned it. Really? Did it just, I had other books that were checked out to me that I was waiting on. And this was just not clicking. It's and weird. I had just finished another one I didn't like. So I was like, well, I can't do two in a row. I yeah. can't make myself be excited about this. So I returned it. And maybe I'll go back to it later. But maybe well, not. a lot of people love this. book, And so that's why I kind of prefaced it with that. Like, this is a well liked book by most people who have read it. But not you. But not me. I am. Not and one of those. I didn't give it a chance, much of a chance. So yeah, it was. Hmm. Yeah, this wasn't my favorite book. Okay. If you liked it. You don't have to like them all. I'd love to talk to you about, like, why you liked it, and I could tell you why I didn't specifically with that, because right now I would just be spoiling things, and I don't want to do that, but yeah, I didn't love it. Okay. Maybe not. If you're not going to read a lot, unless you, like, love wolves, I'd say skip it. Yeah, and I I don't hate wolves, but I'm not passionate about wolves either. I mean, I have a decent interest, I would say. I mean, I want them to be... I love the premise, like the idea that they used to be there, but were killed off by the farmers. And... We need to bring them back. And they were bringing them back. everything in... I kind of love that idea, actually. Yeah, like everything does serve a purpose. And they explained what the wolves do to provide, you know, Mm -hmm. they kill off the deer. And the deer were eating all of the hay. That was meant that for, the livestock. for the livestock. Anyway, so it was like very, very they interesting. They all have their point. Yes, everything has a purpose. And I do believe that. And I and think without one, it's all unbalanced. It is. It gets unbalanced. Anyway. Okay. All right. Tell me what you think. All right. The next one I wrote is called Recipe for a Perfect Wife by Karma Brown. Did you want to be a perfect wife? Not necessarily. Oh. Well, if you do, I have a <laughs> recipe for you. <laughs> is it easy? <laughs> um... Not so much. Oh, okay. I mean, you really have to cook and wear heels and dresses and... Really? Just go, go right back to the 50s. Oh. That's how it works. I actually, I can't do Not that. Not interested. I can't do that. I, I've worn heels maybe two days of my entire life. Not not going to do it. like on a good night. Mm. But not during the day. I have zero interest. Nor do I wear dresses like randomly. Like yeah. I, if I have to go somewhere that... Requires a dress. Yeah. Well, so this is about a woman. So it kind of takes place on two different timelines. There's a modern day woman who she's had this super busy um, career in the city. And she is no longer working there. And it gets into that why she's no longer working there as you read into the story. But she's just left this very lucrative job in the city. And her and her husband have bought this rundown old old house on a lot of land. And it's kind of just from the fifties. It has a lot of character and charm. Nothing much has been changed or upgraded since. So it's very rustic in the fifties and needs some work. So their plan is to work on it together. And she's always wanted to write a book. She was in the um, editing world. And so she is taking this opportunity. She's quit and living in this old home they're going to refurbish, and she's going to write her novel. So this is what she's working on every day. Awesome. Supposedly. Oh. Right? She's going to. 
But while she's getting inspired to write this book, she is, you know, there's, there's frustrating things about this house, everything keeps breaking, and there's this and that, and the yard is all overgrown. And she finds some boxes in the basement from the previous owner, and there's recipe books. And the recipe books have notes kept in them from the owner. And there's some things like, like a vintage purse that was super like classy now, like desirable. And she would have no idea that it was desirable. She's not really into fashion, but she finds this purse and she finds some old relics of this woman who lived in the fifties in this home before her. And she starts in her head, she's doing research for her book about writing about a fifties housewife. And she kind of starts evolving into this role and figuring out this woman that lived in this house before her, what was going on, somewhat reading between the lines, somewhat piecing things together from what she learns from the neighbor. And it's, it puts, it weaves together a really good, interesting story. And she starts like smoking, like you would as a fifties woman, you know, having your, um, your cigarette with the ladies and you're just, she yes. just picks up, she starts kind of wearing the little dresses and starts, and her husband's thinking she is going crazy <laughs> because it appears that way. Okay. But she starts really getting into um, doing the garden in the yard like it used to be. So she's learning from this lady before and how she kept her garden and trying to do some of those things. And her husband's just like, this is ridiculous. Rip it all out and just make it all, you know, and he yeah, wants to have a baby and he it. wants to move on. And she's, Anyway, the parallels between their life and the 1950s wife's life is very, is much closer than you would think it would be. And, um, and it, it kind of brings some things to light in her. And okay, it's, it's really uniquely written. I really enjoyed looking back at a 1950s housewife through the eyes of a modern day you know, writer from home, pretty much a housewife, no kids, but she is now at home in that same situation. Yeah. But for very different reasons and learning very different lessons. Very good. It was very interesting. I gave it four stars. I'm so intrigued. Yeah, it was good. It was a good read. That's awesome. Different. Yeah. That's what I was just gonna say. Like, it's kind of fun to have something different. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. My last book today mm-hmm. is called Where the Wind Leads, A Refugee Family's Miraculous Story of Loss, Rescue, and Redemption by Vin Chung um, and Tim Downs. Hmm. So I've never heard of this. This, honestly, I don't know how it got on my list. Okay. Um, but I've had it in my, like, two, like, I would love to read it, you know, for mm-hmm. a while. Um, and I put on hold. I don't <laughs> here and we are. Here you stumble across yes. it right at the right time that you needed to read it. Exactly. Perfect. And here we are. So it's, I didn't even, like, I had to go and read the synopsis. It came available on my holds. Mm-hmm. And I had to go read the synopsis. To like, remind wait, yourself. What? what is this book? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a story of a boy who's, and his, it's like his history. And he's. He's Chinese, but was born and born in Vietnam. Okay, is that common? 
there is a like a section of Vietnam, yes, that have very many Chinese okay. people that live there. Um, just like we have like Chinatown mm-hmm. and things like that, they also have like their own neighborhood sections in section. there. Okay, and and he talks about how the Chinese just tend because of their culture and the way that they live, they definitely draw together because they their culture just relies on each other. Mm-hmm. So it's very common, which is okay. why they do it wherever they go. Okay. It's a cultural thing. Um, anyway, his father, uh-huh. it talks about his life, and you learn about his life in Vietnam. His grandfather, even, they talk about, like, what he did growing up. He passes His grandfather passes away young, and so his grandmother ends up being, like, the head of the family. And she sits in, like, a throne. There's a throne oh, room. Wow. Like, this is, like, very interesting, like, very different culture. And she basically oversees the building of this empire that this their family has in oh, Vietnam. Wow. It's very amazing. And they create, you know, she's she's just trying to survive because women weren't allowed to do much. They certainly weren't educated, and but she needed to. So first, they are picking rice because it was cheap. Mm-hmm. And then she just teaches you all the things about rice production. And one thing led to another, and they soon have this massive empire of, like, Picking and milling rice and selling rice and transporting rice mm-hmm. all over the place. Like, very wealthy. They okay. were very, very wealthy. And then, um, I don't know, in like the early 70s or nineteen middle mid-70s, the communists take over, mm-hmm. right? When the U.S. pulls out of the Vietnam War and the communists take over and all of a sudden their empire is gone. Because the communists claim it. It's theirs now. They've lost it all. You have to give it to your country and whatever. So they become, and those who were wealthy were really targeted. Like, oh, you're going to know how it feels now. And they were Hmm. not allowed to have anything. And it was, it's very sad. And so they just had nothing and went from being very prominent in their communities to Mm -hmm. nothing. And so they get put in a place where they have to make a decision. They're going to keep, they could die. Like they're targeted. For lots of different things. Mm-hmm. So they, there's a possibility they could be killed. Or if they're not killed, like odds are, they're going to just be paupers. Like they, you know, don't have bathrooms. Like all the things. It was just really, really hard, hard life. Certainly no education. Nobody goes to school. Everybody's begging on the streets. You have to go yeah. out every morning and get your food every day and make your food. Like you can't go to the grocery store once for the week. It doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. Anyway. Um, he has a very strong mother and his mother is adamant, like, we need to go. We, for our family, we Mm -hmm. need to go. And the only way off, which is, this is the real story of the boat people. And I don't, I did not know anything about this. Yeah. They, the only way off and the only way out of Vietnam was to ride a boat. And you just get on a boat and you hope you make it to another land. Any land. Any land. You're just going. You go. Not knowing where you're going, but by boat to Mm -hmm. somewhere. And at first, you know, the government didn't want them to leave, and they were trying to keep them and make them stay. Mm -hmm. And they were basically killing anybody who tried to go or imprisoning them. And they realized that it was becoming a drain on their prison system. (laughs) You can't imprison all of your... Civilians, Yeah, so they're like, oh, you want to go? That's fine. You have to pay all of your money. Not uh, all, but it's a huge oh, really amount of money per head. Out. He has a lot of siblings. Mm-hmm. He had a large family. 
And so it was expensive. And they didn't have anything because they everything was taken from them. So he talks about how they even were able to go. And they go floating into the ocean. It's fascinating. Holy I had cow. no idea. I mean, you hear about people being found on boats right. in the ocean. You hear about it. Well, and when I when you hear about that, okay, I don't have a lot of ex- I don't know a lot here. Yeah, I know. But I didn't in my either. head, it's coming from just across the channel, like into Florida, Taiwan, right? Is that where you're talking, or Vietnam? Vietnam. I mean, it's over in the same yeah. Asian countries. Mm-hmm. That is not. I mean, it's a long that's a, boat trip. That is a really long boat trip here. Yeah. So they talk about, like, finding land, what happens when they land. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's a fascinating story and it is so cool. Like, not cool. No one should have to go through this. Right. What is wrong with us as humans? Like, that's the thought that I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. But this is the problem when every country has its own government you can't control what, you what know. the other government. Yeah. It's so hard. It's very complicated. Needless to say, they do make it to America. That's not really a surprise because at the very beginning of the story, they talk about how they're, they were boat people who now have children who went to Harvard and yeah, like all these amazing schools and they're educated and they have big jobs and... They went from that to that, and it's their way, like, how they did that. It's Gosh. so amazing. But you just look at other pe- like other people's stories, and you're like, I-, I was just here. My whole family's been here for generations. I have no room to complain. No. You, know, you like, don't. Yeah, no, you really don't. Like, and they, like, the way, their hardship. struggle. Yeah. Their struggle no and their struggle. persistence and their perseverance like they the persecution they went through. through and get through and they just made it and made it and made it and they work hard and the way that they did things and the way he views the world and he talks about it. he's like we had nothing he's like my we all shared clothes he's like my mom put the shirts in one basket and my pants in another basket and you picked one out of each basket it wasn't your own stuff you no, just got clothes you just got clothes he's like sometimes i wore clothes that was way big for me oh my but gosh. it didn't matter like it's just the shirts and the shorts like and how do we treat people like that who maybe look like that around us? It's like, he's like, I was made fun of and I was teased. And because you would, but they were surviving. Yeah. It's what they had. It's all. Yeah. Anyway, Holy it was cow. so good. It was really good. And it made me go like, this is how you do it. Like th- he gives you like, this is what we did. And this is why it was important. And we just worked hard. Um, anyway. Those stories get me. Seriously. Wow. Seriously, like, such a great story. I gave it five stars. I loved it so much. Fantastic. All right, my last one today is Lies My Teacher Told Me. Everything your American text, your American history textbooks got got wrong by James <laughs> W. Lowen. Wow, so, that seems like it would be a really big book. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> Goes on forever and ever. This book has been around for a really long time. It's in its... So many publications, mm-hmm. and because th- they keep finding more things wrong, and then going <laughs> and fixing that publication. And so, this author he studies American textbooks. That's been his what lifelong 
job is How to study. How does he not sleep his whole life away? <laughs> American textbooks, right. And finding the faults in these textbooks. Oh, my the goodness. The stories that are not written, so they're actually not part of our history. And the stories that are written that become part of our history that are actually little tiny minuscule parts that are really nothing. But because they're in our history books and we spent a whole chapter on them, it becomes a bigger deal in our history than it actually really was. Oh, that's interesting. Or the pick and choose what part of each story you want to know. And our history as a country has become these stories of picked and chosen pieces. Yeah. And a big, huge sections have been left out or just like glossed over. Oh my goodness. And how many pictures you can put in a textbook and what type of pictures and what, like it just goes through the whole research of how a, how a textbook is created Hmm. and the pull, the politics of making a textbook, because this is big money. When school districts come in to buy textbooks, they it's expensive. They're making a lot, a lot of money. And what does your school district want to teach? And you're going to create a textbook to that. So textbooks in the South look very different than textbooks in the North. And oh, our my regions Fascinating. are, are, are uh, publishers cater to the regions of our country. Wow. That makes me sad. Crazy. So it kind of just goes through and points out commonly unknown things or miseducated things. Okay. And it's interesting. So I will admit, a lot of this is pretty dry. Okay. I mean, it's factual. Like a textbook. And (laughs) some things are more interesting than others. And you go through parts of why I put this in and didn't and why this happened and didn't. And sometimes I was like, blah, 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 blah. That's good. I could speed that part up. But then you hit these little stories that we learned from our textbooks. And then you hear the real stories behind it. Like Amelia, not Amelia Earhart, um, like Helen Keller and her story. We don't know the whole of it. We know Helen Keller until she was about 21. Yeah. We know nothing else about her life past 21. Sure. Nothing. True. She had so much more life past 21. Okay. And she actually was a communist. Oh, my gosh. Because she disagreed with how the U.S. treated people with disabilities. And so she was on like a rampage to get equal rights for people with disabilities. And she actually turned to the Communist Party. Okay. What? Wow. We know this little glimpse of her childhood. Yeah. That's this great feel-good story. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, do we love a feel-good story. Yes, that she overcome these troubles and that she then was fine the rest of her life. And really, if you read about her and her life, that beginning part was so minuscule. There's so much more that she did. That is and, so interesting. And how she learned and how the whole thing is really, we really know nothing about Helen Keller. And yet... We think we know all about Helen Keller. Yes, we do. So just little things through that. That is so interesting. Stories of presidents and wars and um, things that happened in our country that never even made a history book, where whole cities were decimated Oh my gosh! in riots and whatnot, and they've never even made a history book. And 
That is crazy. It's it's wild. It actually, I gave it three stars. Like I said, a little dry. But sure. if you're interested in this topic, this is definitely one you don't want to miss. Cool. It's definitely if you've got kids that are in high school or learning this stuff. And yeah. even because of what we learned, it's just an it's interesting to see how and why we've been taught what we've been taught and how much more we have to learn. Yes, always, so, which yeah. is always good to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Like there's just think about the years of the world. Oh. Like and all that has happened. Like you could really, never get it all in a textbook. No, or in a lifetime. Like I yeah. just think about all the things that we're able to learn in our lives. There's you can't live it all. You can't ex- understand all that's happened. No. So that's why I appreciate like that is complicated. Hey, There's variables thank you for that lead to that. Me. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for telling like I read the last story that I just read about the refugees. Like, oh my gosh, thank you for giving me a peek. Yes. Into that part of our history, the world's history. Thank mm-hmm. you for giving or like in this textbook, like thank you for opening my eyes Absolutely. to like a little bit yes. of something that I that's wouldn't why be I able love- to know well-written historical fiction. Yes. Because that is a way I love to learn. A textbook can be dry and boring and not necessarily, you know, if there's a bias there and doesn't always keep your attention and you get a couple pages for each story and a few glossy pictures. If you've got a well-written historical fiction novel that puts you on the streets of whatever that point of history was, there is nothing better to teach it. I agree. Unless you could travel. In time. Oh, that would be nice. And since too. we can't, we can't throw our books. I love it. That's, That's good. One. Yeah. Lots of good ones. There you go. We'd love to hear from you. Find Absolutely. us on Instagram and Facebook. Let us know if you've read any of these. Yes. Email us at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Please. Thank you to Amphibia Sue for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is is your book book club. club.